Okay, welcome back everyone to our sixth episode of Shattered Radiance. Today we have a Philip Kucherak as our guest. He is a student from Slovakia who has been doing some very interesting work on genetic algorithms. So thanks so much, Philip, for coming on our show. And uh, I guess to open the, uh, the podcast, would you mind telling us a bit about your project? Okay, so basically I was uh, optimizing the geometrical structures of trees, uh, recursively recursively generated trees using genetic algorithm. So basically I uh, had this very simple uh, uh, way of generating trees that uh, needed uh, some variables that were encoded in, uh, you could say, genome-like structure. And uh, I was optimizing that genome uh, so that the trees have the best input-output uh, re- uh, energy input output ratio. So maximizing the number of leaves and uh, uh, thus the engine energy inputted and uh, min- uh, minimizing the the body mass of the tree. So the output. Yeah. Okay, that that sounds like a really interesting application. I guess could you um. Could you give us a bit of background on that? Like, uh, you, your trees are you are they simulated in uh, a three D environment kind of thing, or is it more mathematical? Uh, so basically, the uh, I I was doing it so it would run real time, so it would be like a game like uh, application, not very uh, like uh, in depth scientific. So I wasn't I uh, I had to cut some corners and. Uh, remove some calculations, and uh, one of the best ways uh, is to go 2D. So I was doing 2D, st- 2D structures. The model would work the same uh, with 3D, just with uh, every time you have a two dimensions, you will just add the third, and that would be also just the genome would be a little bigger, and the calculations would be uh, whatever times more complicated, thus the every every one tree would stay longer and it wouldn't be real time it'd be more of a simulation thing uh so i was doing 2d i was doing uh well basically i was uh uh doing just dots connected with lines so very i would say mathematical representation not more not a complex uh model simulation or anything like that so not ambient light or light scattering or something like that, just direct light from the top and lines and dots. Yeah. So very mathematical, I guess. That sounds pretty interesting. So uh, when you started developing your simulation, uh, how did you find that genetic algorithms was a good way to approach this problem? Uh, so majority of applications and projects for uses are created with the way I want to solve a problem, let me find the best way. And mine was, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, like, it's more like poetical, right? Like trees, like the geometry of trees being solved by evolution. So that's, so I've created the first demo, I've created the first like alpha and uh, just people around liked it. 
So they moved me to my local competition, then the competition, da, da, da. so it, I wasn't going for uses or anything like that. It was just more of a, uh, I guess, uh, coincidence or, I don't know, just problem of my country's educational system that my project made the cut. But basically, the, <laughs> so the basically, but, um, so I was just like, yeah, I'm going to use generating algorithm no matter what, like I don't care about other algorithms uh no no yeah that's, and also uh, that's sorry yeah, yeah uh, also generating algorithm is not that bad like it's like i, I uh, a lot of times joke about it because it's really slow and because of the random whole random part not analytical it's just randomly and then post action reviewing what what have you done if it was good or bad uh but uh yeah, it works. Like it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, that that's cool. And I do hear a lot about genetic algorithms being used for optimizing stuff like um, animal kind of life forms uh, in simulated environments. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, so so I, I guess my my question is, what does the um, because I, I've actually used genetic algorithms before to some degree uh, for optimizing parameters of a um, control loop. And I, I guess kind of instances like that where you where you have a clear idea of what the genome does. Um, so, what does your genome look like for these trees, such such that you can actually optimize them to do this? Uh, well, well, again, I uh, wasn't very smart about this. Well, I, what you need to understand when you uh, dissect my project is that I wasn't thinking much about it i was just doing stuff and hoped it would turn out <laughs> fine and i guess it it did but uh so just when you look at the tree the the thing you look at is like the angles the length the width and stuff like that and the reason why the machino is bigger than uh i guess just a few parameters is because i was trying to introduce randomness that would uh, create this natural like feel for it because when you take out the randomness out of the equations, they just look like complete recursive, like how do you call it? Fractals, right? Fractals, they just look like fractals. Yeah. In my previous versions, I would even, I was even able to generate some fractals, like some, uh, the triangle, how it's called, Sarpinski triangle? I don't know, I, I, I'm not Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. one yeah, yeah, yeah. where you so, cut out the center of the triangle. Yeah, yeah, I was able to generate it like, you would look at it and we would like, yeah, that's it. Because it was so, I guess, uh, regular. So I was trying to introduce the randomness. This is the reason why my genome is like 15 genes deep. Uh, but so how my trees work is, uh, again, they are recursive. So you create one point from the end point, you create points and on each point you do the same thing again, 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 again. And so the genome has how many times do you, how, levels deep is that recursion, right? So like you don't want to repeat it endlessly. Uh, then the length of the, uh, then the length of the branches. So you have some like sizing, then uh, how much does the branches shrink uh, compared to the level? So each level they are shorter and shorter and shorter. So I guess like some uh, level two branch length coefficient or something like that and then uh, angles between those branches, width of those branches, uh, the angle of 
the angle offset of the branch group to the branch before. I guess it's kind of confusing, but when you look at it, it's like the most basic way of describing a tree, I guess. Like, not very complex. I was actually going to add more complex stuff, uh, but uh, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't sure if I can because of the competition, right? Like, you can't alter your project that much. At least that was what was I uh, what I was told, and so I was just like, "All right, I'm going to just do some UI stuff," and I forgot about the whole like uh, maybe optimizing the genome, uh, but but the genome had, had like few versions, right? Um, but I guess yeah, it's very simple: angles, lengths, widths. That's all. Interesting. So you say that you had the like the in the genome, you had the different parameters. So when you started actually running your genetic algorithm, what did it look like? Like, how did, how did things evolve when you tried to observe them? So the first frame is probably the worst because they are just complete, completely random. Like, I, was, I wasn't going to add some starting point because I guess the starting point really just breaks the points of genetic algorithm, right? You want to come from many places and see what sticks the most. So it's completely random. So the first trees would look like complete mess, like three-year-olds with a, with a pen and paper just scribbling some stuff. So that's how it would look, just complete mess. And so uh, then after just like two, three generations, they would probably look like the, tr the trees you will see outside. But like I, I guess the most important, like the uh, most interesting part of my development workflow was fighting against the uh, application because it was trying to just create grass. It found out that grass is very good. Like when you have just grass, it's the best. Like there is no way you are going to beat it. That's, that's the reason why in like high hills and stuff, you have grass because it's just so good that it, it works even in, in high altitudes, right? Here it doesn't work because you have trees that block the sun. So then the grass is screwed to say it uh, nicely uh, but uh, in the environment when trees are not that good like they are not able to catch much sunlight and also they're freezing and all stuff that yeah the grass will win and in my application that was the case it just grass was winning every time i was trying to add that uh, the trees would fight for lights so one would throw the shade uh on the others so that I would remove the grass, but just doing that would uh, would uh, make the application run like uh, well, well, like it's n squared when you do it poorly. So basically, uh, it would run much slower. So I had to remove it, and uh, so I was just getting grass and grass and grass and grass. So I guess the answer to your question is the biggest best optimization was at start. It was completely random mess, big stuff. And then the end, it was usually grass. So I was then combating it with animals and stuff. But yeah, that's like a few levels forward in the development. Yeah. That's really interesting. That reminds me of how reinforcement learning agents will sometimes learn to do really weird solutions to games and stuff that are completely different from what humans would expect. Yeah, I get, yeah. Yeah, well, I, 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 here, here is the thing. Like, I was doing it in the start from like designer point of perspective, right? 
because like when you have procedure procedural generation of objects in design is to remove some workflow from the actual designer to some algorithm so you want thousand trees you don't have to do every one you will every one of uh, the thousand you will just create one you will create a model and then it will just create thousand for you right and then uh, but you you have to uh, you have to input the parameters so my project my project in the start was like how can I remove the designer even further? So just introducing the rules for the world that would create the parameters that would then be inputted into the generate generating model and create the stuff. So I was I was actually going for the design. So when I was getting grass, it was like nice solution, but I don't care about this particular one. I need trees or stuff like that. That actually like looks like something like when you have just dots underground it's not very compelling and especially if you have just eight of those because that was like mm. yeah i need eight trees so yeah and then you have just eight points it's very uh, unremarkable i guess yeah yeah that's true would you mind uh giving because I, I i know that probably a lot of people who would listen to this will not have very much of a background in genetic algorithms would you mind kind of giving you know, a, a five-minute summary of how genetic algorithms work. I guess, I guess the best way of describing genetic algorithm, like you know, when you try, like when you started to learn um, sorting algorithms, and there was this one, uh, the min sort, when you just find the minimal, and yeah, but anybody on the planet could like could like create it from scratch because it's very easy, it's very basic, yeah. it's very intuitive, right? Genetic algorithm is just us that it's just basically you grab your parameters, you you put it into some wrapper, like uh, you put it uh, in some group. You can call that genome if you are fancy, and you've had basic degree of the biology. You call it DNA or bio, uh, chromosome of genome or any, it doesn't matter. It's just array of values, right? And you just change stuff randomly and hope it will be better than before, but basic workflow is uh, you have a mutation, you have crossover mutation. That means you grab two uh, groups of values and you change uh, you, you change randomly between them. So the first value you grab from mom, second from dad, and that data, you have them one now uh, child genome. It's uh, like the biological way of it working. Like that's how it works in real life, right? And then you just grab the genome and you just change value by value just randomly by some small, I don't know, parameter, like very small changes to the original genome. Then you grab it, you create object based on it, you test it, you give it some fitness value. It's basically just like a programmer, you just, you just create a function that takes your object and says you're either good or you're just bad. And you you create some system like I don't know from zero from thousand it depends on you but you basically grab your object you say you are good you grab thousand objects and then you find the best ones then you do natural selection that basically means the best one will uh, procreate they will create the next children I guess so you have thousand so again you have thousand trees you say eight hundred of you suck. The 200 of you, I will take you. I'll do. I will let you 
have a, how will you call it nicely, I will let you be paired and uh, have you, uh, <laughs> I will let you have children. I guess that's the best way to put it. Then they will create the next generation of thousand. You cut the 800 uh, at the bottom. You have 200, you create another generation. It's very basic. Like it's very, I guess, intuitive. Like there is no calculation, no derivatives, nothing. You just change things randomly and hope for the best. But, but I guess in the whole thing, I, I know I just totally like rushed it, but the most important part no, is no. like that, that was yeah. a, that was a good actually. Okay, I guess I don't. Well, know. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go into more detail, that's fine. Um, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. My immediate question was, how do you actually combine the two genomes when you have when you have the mutations, like the two mutated different copies? Do you is it just as simple as taking the first half of one and the second half of the other? Uh, well, I guess you could really do good research on that. Like, how do you? Do that up like uh, not poorly, right? Like I guess the whole crossing over and mutation is the stuff that you could optimize, so it's better, I guess. But okay. uh, so in my application, it was just very simple. Like, imagine you have fifteen values describing your object, and you have the fifteen values for mom and for dad. I guess you uh, you can call it that, right? So you have like a male and a female going into the into the crossover. It's not literally male or female it just it it's easy for explain uh, it's easier for explanation so you have male or female each have 15 values and you want to create a child with 15 values so you go uh, value zero right at the zero thing next and you choose mom randomly then you go another like value one randomly dad second value Oh. randomly so you just go value yeah. by value you choose randomly but i guess you could do it any like if you want to do first half from mom first uh, second half from dad that will work uh i guess that will actually work but the unfortunate thing with that is that we would do like groups basically you could you would then create like um genome with two actual elements right because you would just have first half, second half, that would be the two elements that would be just, you would have uh, much le uh, much lower number of uh, variations. Because instead of 10 factorial variations with 10 values, you would have just two factorial variations, right? Or like, no, wait, I've, nah. Yeah. I screwed the math over, but you get the point. Like, you have much less, because you would have groupings, like, all the lengths with all the angles with all the weights would be just one group yeah yeah but i but i know i don't know maybe maybe it's not the best way maybe even i was trying to optimize it a little bit so i was doing that each pair of trees has four trees it's like four children in which you do crossing over and you have a i guess a child and a negative so like if the values are from if if the values are from mother in one child, the the other child has it from dad. So you have like completely negative, like completely the opposite child. And then you have uh, one kid that's ma uh, that's uh, mom copied and one kid that's dad copied. So you don't have like a regression. So like uh, you have good trees and they will just have kids and uh, they are 
okay, let me say it not explicitly, they are worse than the than the generation before. So if you copy the the both parents into the new generation, you just stop regression. But I guess that that's you shouldn't do that. But if you have a low uh, low group or low population, uh, I guess that's the only way of uh, not having regression. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th thank you. Thank you. This makes uh, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess before we were finished, um, I I don't know a lot about uh, the the places the, like the other uh, subjects and fields in which genetic algorithms are currently applied. Uh, Anish, maybe you do, um, so you may have some insight on this. But but Philip, would you mind I guess going over, um, I guess discussing with us some of the other places where genetic algorithms are currently applied. Oh my god, uh, I'm I'm not actually sure, but okay. Let me say this: majority of genetic algorithm isn't like uh, uh, a solo thing. It usually is joined with some other stuff. Even I, um, I'm going to work on a project. I'm planning on it. First, I have to do some um, base stuff. You know, I start everything from scratch. So guess who is doing CPP engine from scratch? Right, but if after that I'm trying to do a combination of genetic algorithm and gradient descent, so you have a you have cell that or uh, that uh, the uh, uh, well when you do any neural net or any uh, I guess structure, you usually just plot it with random values, right? Yeah. And and I don't want to do that. I want those values uh, at the very beginning to be set to something tested. So I'm trying to do that with genetic algorithm. Right, so you have some like, uh, so I guess your neural nets have kids, and then in their life they are optimized by themselves, right? Like backpropagating and gradients and analytical stuff, mathematics, right? Boring stuff. So uh, in majority of cases they are joint because um, uh, uh, genetic algorithm allows you to jump when you imagine the fitness as a graph. The genetic algorithm allows you to jump from one hill to another because it's random. So it's just do jumps. Uh, gradient descent is a little more scared, so it will stay on the hills or in it valleys, depending on what you classify or, or as the good thing, right? So they're usually coupled. But I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, I, I can't tell you a project, like uh, the name of a project of, uh, uh, like now that's, that's using explicitly genetic algorithm. But even uh, sometimes there they don't call it genetic algorithm, just they just call it random jumps, I guess. Because uh, genetic algorithm is, I guess, just a glorified way of doing random jumps and then just validating the different jumps. So, yeah, it's not that... Like, when you have gradient descent, it's like very... Con like a very... Uh, like, there is... There, uh, I, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's very specific, right? It's very specific thing, but genetic algorithm isn't very specific. It just, it just jumps, yeah. So, but I don't know. I don't know which projects use it. But if you want to use genetic algorithm, you should probably like have um, unsupervised learning because doing super, uh, supervised learning is probably dumb with genetic algorithm. But unsupervised, it's actually like a very easy 
and basic solution, right? Because you just throw it into the black box and then it will hopefully do something. So yeah, you don't you don't have to have any data. I guess that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. So in the context of unsupervised learning methods, uh, have you seen anything in terms of when genetic algorithms could be better than, say, deep reinforcement learning, and when those versus something simpler than genetic algorithms? Uh, well, the thing is that, okay, when you look at genetic algorithm in the real world, the, the jumps are so small that they even resemble gradient descent. Right, uh, like the results are the same, uh, I guess. But in informatics, what you can do is you make the jumps really big, and as I said, you can jump between the local minima, right? Because the uh, unfortunate thing about, uh, for example, gradient descent, is that it, if 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 it finds a global maxima or minima, uh, not a global local, it will stay that way because every Every way it looks, it's downhill, so it will just be a, like, ah, yeah, I'm good. Genetic algorithm, if you have good, uh, big enough jump size, it can completely jump over the valleys because it doesn't care, right? Uh, gradient descent cares. The algorithm is uh, is programmed that way, so it cares. I want to be better than the predecessor. Genetic algorithm doesn't have that. It doesn't care. It just will jump and hope for the best. So... Jumping these valleys is the, I guess, the the use of genetic algorithm. But again, you can just call it the jump, right? So you can, um, for example, if you have uh, some values and you're, you're stagnating, like you found your local minima, you can just do like random jumps and try, uh, like, try to find if you just didn't stumble on some uh, local minima, if there isn't in the very near proximity something better but i guess that's the only use in which it better but uh, dep- uh, if you if you wish, if you are talking speed it's worse if you are talking resources it's worse if you are talking a number of unnecessary calculations i guess it's it's worse right because you just have to calculate eight different directions and it's it's uh, uh, yeah it's very, it's uh, it's suboptimal i guess what i'm trying to say uh, but I don't know a project in which the genetic algorithm is. Well, I can Google it, uh, but I, I I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, I should do some research into that as well. Um, okay. Um, do you or Anish have anything else to add? Um, other than that, I uh, th- thank you. This was a this was a really uh, good interview, actually. Okay. Well, if that's all. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. That was good. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, yeah. thanks for inviting me, I guess. <laughs>